surpasses all understanding. Because everything in my understanding tells me I shouldn't have peace in my life. Everything that I'm looking at in the circumstance and in the natural tells me there shouldn't be any peace. But there is a peace that guards my heart and mind. Doesn't mean I'm not going to face situations that aren't peaceful. (laughs) But I'll have that peace and it will guard my, it won't allow those things in. Won't you say amen to that? Have you experienced that peace in your life today? It is so good to see all of you in this house today. Once again, let me just say, there was a video announcement that was going to be played, but I felt like uh, just moving past that today and, and us having this special time of ministry in this service for a few moments today. There was one of the things that would be mentioned. Uh, it's already been said about our men's steak night tonight. Make sure you're here at 530. We got the Catfish Festival coming up, and we got a, we're going to need all hands on deck for that. So please... Uh, please make sure there'll be some sign-up sheets very soon for that. Uh, that's coming up in just a few weeks, and it's always a lot of fun and a great time together. And, um, and then also, this will be the last Sunday you hear me do this or announce this, but if you have not yet filled out one of those connection cards in the chair back in front of you over the last five or six Sundays that I've mentioned it and you missed it somehow, please fill that out and put it in the basket as you walk out of the foyer today. Uh, there's a basket in the foyer. Drop that in. We just want to update all of our information. And if you're a guest today, it's your first time here, please fill that out as well. We want to, we want to know who you are. We want to thank you for coming. And, uh, and just maybe keep you informed of things that's coming up as well. Um, we, want you to, we want you to know what's going on and be involved. Uh, today, just for a few minutes, I, I just want to do a little practical teaching about something that I believe affects every one of our lives on a daily basis. It affects a lot of our decisions. It affects, it affects a lot of, the, a lot of the, um, the, you might say, the consequences that we deal with in our lives. I want to talk a little while about feelings feelings. It's not something we preach about a lot. It's not, it's not really a topic that we, we talk a lot about, but it's something that affects every day of our lives. I, there's, a, there's a statement that I've heard a lot of people say recently. I see it a lot on Facebook, this one phrase that says, I'm all up in my feels today. Anybody ever seen that or heard that? I'm just all up in my feels. What that means is, is they saw a video that really tugged at their heart and they're just all up in their feels so, so, so if I'm going to title this today, I'm going to title it that, All Up in Our Fields. I'm just going to get all up in our fields for a little while this morning. Let me just begin with this one statement, that maybe this will be the statement of the day. This will be the 2%, if you will. Our feelings are not our friend. Our feelings are not our friend. As followers of Christ, I believe that we have to be able to identify and to separate ourselves from feelings that will pose as an ally in our lives when actually they're an enemy many times. Our feelings are not our friend. Now, I'm not saying that feelings are bad. I'm not saying that feelings are a bad thing. In fact, God made us emotional human beings. We are made with feelings. We have feelings. It was intentional. It was what God intended for us in our lives. So they're not a bad thing because God don't do anything bad. He only does everything good. I'm just here to sit, not to tell us that feelings are bad. I'm just here to tell you they're not your friend. And a lot of times they're our enemy. See, uh, I, I do believe that feelings have two purposes. There's, there's basically, there's a, feelings does a lot of things in our lives, but there's basically two categories that those feelings fall into or the purpose that feelings have in our lives. And one of them is they're the alarm. 
The feelings are an alarm in our life. They let us know that something is going on, whether it's something good or whether it's something bad. Feelings just sound the alarm, and they let us know. What, what, what we've been seeing many times is letting those feelings then dictate the next move. I, I love that commercial that we've been seeing lately on TV. It's about, I guess it's about an alarm company or something, or, or one that goes above and beyond. I don't know, but, but the way the commercial plays out is the guy and uh, his family are sitting in the living room, I think, if I'm recalling correctly, and, and, and the guy standing there, just this, this random guy standing in the living room, and said, someone's breaking in your home. <laughs> he says, well, do something about it. Well, I don't do anything about it. I just let you know that somebody's breaking in your home. He can't do anything. He can't defend the home. He can't call the cops. He can't do anything. He just, he just lets them know. That's basically what feelings do for us. Feelings are there, and they serve no other purpose other than to say, guess what? Something's happening. And that's all. We'll do something about it. Well, I can't because I'm just feelings. That's all I am. And and I'm not your friend. I'm just here to let you know what's going on. I'm just the alarm, if you will. And I think sometimes, think about it this way. Think about physical pain in our lives. you're, You're hammering away at something, and all of a sudden the finger gets a little bit too close to the hammer, and you miss the nail, and you get the nail. You feel something, do you not? We feel something, and that feeling, that pain that we experience is simply an alarm. It's just simply to let us know, hey, guess what? Something just happened to your finger. <laughs> There's a feeling associated with that, but all that feeling is doing, it's not fixed protecting, it's not healing anything. Speaking of healing, I am so thankful. Thinking of, speaking of the protection of God, let me just take a little, a little sidetrack. I am so happy to see Jacob Myers in this house today. He come wheeling in here and bouncing in here this morning. God's hand of protection on his life, God touching him and surrounding him and being with him, and he's going to see him through to this completely, and we're going to see complete and total healing in his body, and I'm thankful for that, but it's good to see you today, Jacob. I'm sorry for my little sidetrack there, and now I'm back. Pain, physical pain, is just there to let us know something's going on, and this is one of the problems we have, I believe, even in our medical world today, is we're just trying to treat pain too much. We do it in our own lives. We, we have the headache, so let me just get something to, to, to take the headache away. Meanwhile, the headache is telling me there's something else, there's something deeper going on in my body, but I just want to deal with the pain. And I'm not anti the medical world. I'm all for it, and I know there's a time and a place for all of these things, but I believe sometimes we've gotten a little too script happy with pain medications. Some people have chronic pain, and they need pain medication. That's, that's the only thing that's going to help what they're dealing with, but sometimes I think we've gotten too script happy with the pain medication instead of dealing with what's really going on in our lives we're just dealing with the feeling we're just dealing with the with the alarm and we're not dealing with the real problem and it's true in our emotional lives and i'm no doctor so don't go to your what they say well my preacher told me you know don't 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 do that please you you listen to your doctor and what they tell you to do and they're they're professionals and all that but i'm i've been around long enough to know and i've dealt with enough lies and situations our bodies our beings are chemical factories there, there, there's chemicals at work in our body, and sometimes we have a deficiency of certain chemicals. Here's our little medical lesson for the day, even though I'm not the one to be given a medical lesson. There's way more uh, educated people in that area in this room than I am, but sometimes if there's a deficiency in a certain chemical, you need a chemical to counterbalance that and make it all work right. That happens, and that's true, and that's when we need those types of chemicals in our body. But I think more times than not, 
It's not because of a, a chemical deficiency. It's because of some something that happened in someone's life, some trauma they experienced somewhere in their life, an abuse somewhere. Something happened that was traumatic in their life, and it caused them to believe something. They believe a lie that came straight from the enemy, and in that moment, that lie began to define their life. And now today, they're dealing with depression and mental illness and, and addiction and all these types of things, and it has nothing to do with a chemical imbalance. It has something to do with not knowing truth, and if they ever have an encounter with God and no truth, they won't need the Zoloft or whatever the chemical is. By the way, I've already started preaching. I'm all one. I've already gotten off of my notes for the last 10 minutes. So one, feelings are there to be an alarm, just to let us know what's going on. Something is happening in our life. The second thing is, is I believe that, that, that feelings are a portal They're a portal into deeper spiritual encounters in our lives. So many times that whenever I have an encounter with God, it comes through an emotional portal or a portal of feeling. You'll You'll hear people say all the time, oh, I just began to weep and I couldn't understand it. All of a sudden, my emotions just were so overwhelmed and I was just weeping with joy and, and tears were flowing. And in and, and, and that moment, I had, I had an encounter with the Lord because normally what I'm doing, I'm just going about my day. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just feeling the way I feel. But then all of a sudden, I begin to feel a certain thing and it's just a road. It's just a portal that takes me to an encounter. And this is one of the problems we have in, in, in our spiritual world today. Too many people have an emotional experience of feeling and they try to associate that feeling with the encounter. And so many times they don't really get to the encounter. They just have the emotional experience. I've seen this too many times where we have church services, not just here, but anywhere I've been as a youth minister. I saw it for years. There would have to be this, this amazing, powerful, high-charged, spiritually intense moment in someone's life and they're crying and they're weeping and they're feeling all these emotions, but then they leave and life changed. They never really had an encounter. There was no revelation. There was no word. There was no life change that came because they just got caught up in the portal and they never made it to the encounter. And now they base their whole spiritual life on an emotional experience. Nothing wrong with the emotion. Nothing wrong with that experience. But we got to understand and put it in its place. It's just the portal to get us to what will really change our lives. Because the problem with just putting our emphasis on the experience and the emotion is that as soon as the emotion is gone, the encounter is gone. Okay, my notes say pause for applaud here. Um, Because that's a good word. That's a good word for all of our lives. We're emotional beings. I've heard people that say, that would say, sit in a room like this right here where everybody just kind of stood and just kind of worshiped. There's people that would come in here and then leave and say, God wasn't in that. That was dead. There was nothing in that because they're just looking for an emotional experience. That's what they associate an encounter with God is just that emotion. People were crying. People were screaming and hollering. That It's emotional. So God had to be in that. And when somebody's just standing there maybe praying silently, God can't be in that because it's not emotional. I don't feel that. Man, that's good preaching. Gosh, I wish. Page one. Don't fear, don't fear. I'm going to start talking real fast now, okay? The truth is we have no good reason with have trust our feelings. Everybody has feelings. And there's nothing wrong with having Feelings. Feelings mean that we are human. From the moment we wake up in the morning, uh, we begin to experience 
feelings. We love the good feelings. We love feeling good. We love the good vibes and we hate the bad feelings. We hate feeling bad and we'll curse those moments. We'll curse those days when we feel bad. The problem comes when we start treating feelings as if they're facts. That's where the problem is. Feelings are not facts. Feelings are just feelings. Feelings are real, but feelings are not reality. Feelings are real, but they are not reality. Feelings are fickle. Feelings will change from day to day. It could be something as simple as a change in the weather. It could be something as simple as the person I'm hanging out with today or the song that's playing on my iPod or, or, or whatever circumstance I may be facing in that moment. We can feel great in the morning and by the afternoon we feel horrible. We can feel like a warrior in church, but then we feel like a wimp at home. I've noticed this in my own life. I had found myself in seasons where I had to ask myself the tough question. I had to look in the mirror and say, why are you trusting your feelings? Why are you allowing feelings to guide and direct your life? If feelings, if you were a person, we wouldn't trust them. If your feelings, think about it, if your feelings was a person, you would not trust them. If you're single today or a young adult and you're not married, your significant other If they acted like your feelings act, you'd break up with them. They're not dependable. They will lie to us. They will, they will tear us down. They will tear other people down. And if we trust them, they will ruin our day. They will mess up our week and they will ultimately destroy our lives. That's what feelings will do. For some of us, this is the one thing. This is just that one thing that is separating us from what God has planned for us and that thing, that desire, that want inside of our hearts. For our future. This is that one thing. And that one thing is that we trust our feelings way too much. We have put way too much confidence in our feelings. For many of us, if we could just, if we could just get this one thing, it would literally change our world and our lives forever. Proverbs 3, 5 says it this way. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. You see, this is a frequently quoted verse of Scripture. We, we read it often. Most of us can, can say it by heart. And we, we always read and we, we, we put a lot of emphasis on the phrase, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. But many times, to be kind of, we'll just kind of rush through the next phrase as if it's just some tagline just to be kind of attached to the first line. And it's that heart part of the verse. Can I just say this? It's the hard part of the verse. It's the part where we are now accountable to. It's the heart part. Lean not on your own understanding. It's in this part. It's in this heart part. It's this place in the heart where our feelings will try to then influence our actions. People will even try to give good counsel sometimes. They mean well. People give good counsel sometimes and they'll say, follow your heart. You ever heard someone say that? Have you ever told someone that? Follow your heart. Just, just go with your gut. Go with your gut. That is not always good advice. It's not always good advice. It, 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 it's that kind of statement. If that kind of statement is not qualified correctly first, some people would just think that means go with your feelings. If they don't understand, if it's not qualified right, and you don't lay the right foundation with that kind of statement, people will just think, I'll do what I feel. 
So we have to define when we're talking that way exactly what it is we're talking about. If we're talking about divine guidance, then absolutely, yes, trust that divine guidance that is inside of us to, to lead us and guide us and tell us. Maybe it's that innate, just that built-in uh, intelligence that God has given all of us, a.k.a. common sense, okay? A lot of people in this world today is not using that one gift that God gave it and gave it to everybody. Some people just haven't learned how to tap into it yet. It's called common sense. Like, just look at it, and some things in a life are just white and black, and you can make a decision. It's common sense. It's not that complicated. Somebody please write Washington and tell them that please but if it's divine guidance or if it's just innate intelligence that's good yes follow that follow that go with your gut but if we're talking about feelings we're talking about emotions then no it can be very dangerous to follow feelings innate intelligence is very real Divine guidance is very real, but there are things that divine guidance and innate intelligence will not tell us to do that our feelings will tell us to do every time. So there's a clear distinction between those two things and feelings. There are those moments as parents. This morning I had one of those moments. Boston got up and did so good this morning. Let me get him dressed, let let me fix his hair, do all the things that we normally do on Sunday mornings. He's putting his puzzles together in the living room. I'm finishing up getting dressed and getting things together, printing notes, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just time to leave. We're leaving just in time to get here just in time. We got some friends coming over for lunch afterwards. So Kayla's kind of tidied up the house. And I was going to make up the bed and make sure everything was kind of put away that it needed to be. And, and, and as I'm getting ready to do just that, there's smushed Swiss cake rolls in the uh, little Debbie's in the floor. And, and there's, there's, so if you're coming over today please excuse the mess when you come in because as soon as I'm getting ready to do that I hear the water running in the bathtub and Boston is now stripped down to nothing and he's in the bathtub soaking wet this is a common occurrence in our house only about 35 times a day I, I, I dread seeing the next water bill a lot of times he just turns the water on doesn't even put the stopper in he just sits there in the water just let it run let it run let it run let it run I'm going to tell you something. In that moment, my feeling was telling me to do something to that child. (laughs) To teach him a lesson he will never forget. But I'm thankful now that I'm standing in front of you admitting this. I'm thankful I can say thank you, Jesus, that that you gave me enough will to not do what I wanted to do, not to go with my feelings in the moment. You may have a great job and a great career, but there have been days... There have been those moments and days when you felt like, you felt like walking into that place and saying, y'all know what y'all can do with this job? Y'all know what y'all can do with this job? I'm out of here. But aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that by the afternoon, you didn't do what you felt like doing that morning? The heart is the place where feelings will assert themselves on us and where they will gain and if we if we allow them to come into our lives, if heart allow those those feelings to take over, they and they begin to gain our trust at a heart level, they will influence our beliefs and they will control our actions. Feelings constantly negotiate our actions, but when we live by faith, we don't negotiate based on feelings. Can I say that again? Feelings will constantly negotiate our actions, but when we live by faith, we don't negotiate based on feelings. There's a prophet in the Bible. His name is Habakkuk. Habakkuk. It was a very difficult time and season. 
And he writes about it in Habakkuk 3, 17. It says, though the fig tree, here's a, here's an agricultural reference here today for all of our farmers who have been, who have been busy to the bone these last few days, just trying to get it all in the field. By the way, Ethan, good to see you in church today. I saw him just a minute ago. Has he already got back out to the field? All right. Well, they were spraying, they were spreading your, your, your field today. I saw them and they drove by. So everything is good. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, though the, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. This is the worst possible thing that can happen for a farmer. This is the worst possible state that can happen in an agricultural climate. This is the worst thing. This is the, this is total devastation is what this is. And, and, and Habakkuk is, is, is sharing this, but the next words out of his mouth is this, yet I will. Though my world is crumbling down, though everything around me is nothing but, but ruin, though there is no fruit for my labor, though, 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 though nothing is coming back good or positive, yet I will. Yet I will. You see, this is not normal. See, the normal thing is when one feels that they're in this kind of situation is not to do what Habakkuk is doing. He's doing something different than what his feelings are telling him to do. If you were in the situation that I just read through verse 17, your feelings would tell you to do something completely different. But Habakkuk immediately responds with, yet I will. He says, yet I will. I will rejoice. There no doubt was people in his life, just like there were people in Job's life that told him, you know what, this is crazy talk. Why, why are you talking this way? Why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? This is, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Don't you understand? This is the toughest season of our lives. This is a crazy disaster. Maybe even God has forsaken you. Why else would such a thing be happening in your lives? But the, but he pushes through the feelings and he pushes through the will and he pushes through all these, all these things that are screaming at him and he says, yet I will. Yet I will, I will, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to be joyful, even on the hard days, and even in the tough seasons, I will rejoice in the Lord. When my feelings are telling me everything else, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I think it would do us all good to just hit the pause button for a minute and just declare today, even though all these things are coming against me, all, even though all these things are going on in my life, and even though my feelings are trying to convince me otherwise, Yet I will. We have to have a yet I will mindset when we live by faith. I'm sick and tired of of church folk and Christian folks sounding like and talking like everybody else in the world. When we don't live by feeling, we live by faith. Because the minute we decide to act, our feelings will begin to start to plot against us and talk us out of what we have decided in our heart to do. Our feelings, they'll come around And they'll start negotiating. They'll start negotiating our actions. The feeling part of us begins to work against the action part of us. And the thing we really want to do, and the thing that we feel called to do, our feelings will begin to engage with that and negotiate that desire that's in our heart. And those feelings will sabotage us. They'll undermine. They'll undermine what we want to act on. And when they talk us out of the action 
And when, they don't ta- and when we don't take the action, then those other feelings start to follow behind. Feelings like regret and shame and guilt and you blew it. That Those feelings will then march behind the first group of feelings and they just keep hammering away at us. If you decide to go on a Bible reading program, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to read my Bible through in a year. I can promise you, I can give you a guarantee, it won't be many days in and you will not feel like reading your Bible. I'm just going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag and just tell you right now, you will not feel like it. I don't know how many of us in this room, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'll raise my hand. Those of us who made a decision one day, we're going to get, we're going to, man, we're going to get on a health and fitness program. I mean, I'm going to get a balanced diet in my life. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to exercise. Guess what? It didn't take too many days into that little program that I just didn't feel like getting out of the bed that day. And guess what? I let my feelings do the talking. I let my feelings do the convincing. And this is the living proof of it right here. <laughs> we'll tell you something. People, I'm not here to preach on tithing today, but people, if you make a decision to make, to tithe, to honor God with the first fruits of our lives, I'm gonna tell you something. That, come a time, there will come a day when all of a sudden I'm looking at that paycheck and I'm thinking, what could I do with that? I need this, in my, and now I'm looking at all the other stuff. I'm looking at how, man, I really need to pay this bill over here, or I really would like to have that new ski, whatever, and, and, and I will talk myself, I will not feel like honoring God first with my resource. If we decide we're going to stop thinking so much about ourselves and start thinking about others more, I'm going to start encouraging people. I'm going to start, I'm going to start being a life giver everywhere that I go. The minute we start heading that direction, something in our feelings will remind us that we're having a pretty yucky time our own selves. And you don't have enough encouragement to go around right now. And you just need to take a little time for yourself. And you deserve, you just deserve to be a little bit selfish right now. You just need to look out for number one. And when you feel better, then you can get to all of that. It's amazing how these feelings will come against what we have desired, and I believe God, the desire that God has put in our lives, in our hearts, for our future. I have an image in my heart, in my mind, of the pastor that I want to be. I, I have a certain desire to be, to be a certain kind of, of father and husband, and I have this desire of this man that I ultimately want to be, but I have to tell you, I fight feelings too. Some days my feelings talk me out of the right actions for who I know I want to be. There's some days my feelings, when I succumb to that, I'm certainly no different than anyone in this room when it comes to being human. And my feelings have negotiated with me at times and they've talked me out of being on that day the man that I know that I desire to be and that God has ultimately called me to be. I've had to recover. And I've had to say to myself, I've had to look in the mirror, and I've had to ask that hard question again. Why are you trusting your feelings? Why are you allowing your feelings to dictate everything in your life? We're going to be offended in life. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And when, and, and when we're, when we're not going to feel like letting it go, there's times in our lives we're going to be offended and we're not going to want to let it go. And our feelings, are going to come along and they're going to say, nobody really understands the offense that you're going through and that you're having to deal with. I know there was that sermon series on, on letting go of offense that you heard, but that, but that was, that was not for your special circumstance. You got a, you have a special circumstance and those scriptures, they don't really apply to your situation and your offense and our feelings will talk us out of that very powerful thing called forgiveness. And so it goes from just really basic, small-time stuff in life. Like stuff like, uh, uh, you hate a messy house. 
Anybody in this room hate a messy house? But our house gets a little messy. And then it stays messy a little bit longer because our feelings keep, tell, keep talking us out of getting up and cleaning up the house. Our feelings, you just deserve to lay here on this couch and eat potato chips. You deserve it. Your feelings. There's little things and then there's the big things. The really important things. Like the way we decide to live our lives. The way we're going to live it out. And the way we're going to face temptation. And the way we're going to deal with challenges. These things are very important to our progress. And what we achieve and what we accomplish in our lives. We have that dream and we have that vision. And we have, we have them from the little small things and the little small decisions. To the really big ambitions and the desires that we have for our lives and our futures. And our, our feelings, they're not our friend. We have to remind ourselves that the advice and the counsel that our feelings are giving us are, is not good counsel. They're just the warning. They're just the alarm. We get our counsel elsewhere. Our feelings, more times than not, are our enemy. And our feelings will negotiate us with us. And they will try to talk us out of the desire that God has placed in our hearts. I love Psalms 37 and 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. I think that, that that scripture has been misquoted and, and taken out of context so many times. We think, well, if you put God first, if you honor God, he's going to give you all the stuff that you want. That's not what that scripture is saying at all. It's saying when you prioritize God in your life, he's the most important thing. You've enthroned him as the king of kings in your life, and he is ruling and reigning in every part of your life. Then he will place the desires in your heart. In other words, now the desires that I have are the desires that he put there. And there are God-given desires that's in every one of our hearts and lives. Usually our emotions are all over the place. Human beings have emotions that are working not for us, but against us. And they are working against the greatest dreams and those God-given desires that he has placed in our lives. To our teenagers today, to our young adults, this is what I would say, one of the most important lessons that we can grab a hold of today and to help us in our future and take us forward is to not be led by our feelings. I get so tickled sometimes, and it saddens me, and I want to cry all at the same time. And this this happens with adults. I'm talking about people that have been through divorce and and, and have gone through that drama, and and now they're trying to rebuild their life again, and maybe maybe move into another relationship and whatever. And and, and they're so deceived into thinking that because I feel a certain way, God must have put those feelings there. This guy that's strung out on drugs, and he's he's a loser, and he's not doing anything with his life, but I feel so connected to him. And so it's got to be God. I've asked God to take the feelings away, and he just kept the feelings there. So, So I guess God must want me to live in this life. Pause for applause. We're led by our feelings. We are led by faith. We are people of faith. We don't just sing about it. We don't just preach about it. We walk this thing out. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by feelings. That's how we win. That's how we are victorious in life. Around here, we don't, we don't harp a lot about church attendance. Bless God, you gotta be in church every time the doors are open, you're gonna split hell wide open. I mean, we don't do that. We don't do that. We're not about that. 
We don't believe that church attendance is the end all to your spiritual life and it all happens in this hour and a half on Sundays and an hour on Wednesdays. We don't believe that. We, that's not it at all. But I'm going to tell you something. As we're being very non-religious about this and as we are being kind of, as you might say, loose about this subject, I, I want to tell you, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I want to tell you something. It's important. It's important that we are, that we are in the body of believers, that we are actively involved and, and, and coming to a place of worship and bringing our children, going to church is a very important part of living an overcoming and consistent and strong Christian life. And ultimately, having the kind of family dynamics and legacy that is in our hearts that we want to have for our future. But I promise you, I mean, I look across this room right now and I think of so many young families who are making that sacrifice. They have busy lives. Husband and wife are both working demanding jobs. Their weekends are full of all kinds of things. And and yet, I look across this room, and you're here, bringing your babies, bringing your children. I want to tell you something. There are are married couples in this house that attend faithfully at this church who don't even have children yet. The truth of the matter is, they'll be spiritually strong if they never go to a church service on Sunday morning. But you know what? I've heard heard them say it out of their own lips. We're doing this today, and we're investing in our future because one of these days, God's going to give us children, and we want to have a legacy, and we want to establish some things in their life. My God, that's good right there. And you just need to applaud whoever said that to me. But I can promise you, there will be days where our feelings will talk us right out of it. Oh, it's too cold outside. It's too hot today. It's too pretty today. There's too many other things I could be doing today. When we give place to feelings, that's the most legalistic thing you'll ever hear me say, by the way. But it's truth. It's truth. When we give place to feelings, they'll take advantage of us. We'll give in on one. We'll give in on one area, and then we better watch out. Because then we begin to blur the line of our decisions of how we're going to live and what is first in our lives and what we're going to do in the morning and when we wake up and what we're going to do at night before we go to bed and what happens in that 18-hour span of time in life is we start blurring that line and we start negotiating it and we start compromising it and we'll find that when we compromise more, we compromise a little more. And before you know it, priority begin to just be led astray. But faith, Faith is staying focused on our priorities even when we don't feel like it. That's what faith is. It's staying focused even when our emotions are telling us go the other way. Speaking of this church attendance thing and all of that and honoring the Lord in that way, I can't help but think about one of my favorite businesses and corporations in our world. Chick-fil-A. Any other fans of Chick-fil-A in the house today? Somewhere, somewhere in the beginning of this corporation, y'all mind if I take my coat off? I mean, this don't mean I'm just starting, I promise you. I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the downhill slide, I can promise you that, but I'm hot. Just in one way, but. <laughs> somewhere in the beginning of this corporation, Chick-fil-A, somebody made a decision. Somebody made a decision and they said, we're going to close on Sundays. We're just going to close shop on Sundays. And I'll be honest with you. From a logical mindset for me, I'm looking at this corporation. I'm looking at the business they do. And from a, even from, I'm not a businessman, but even from a business perspective, I'm thinking, that's a, that's a stupid move. <laughs> that is a dumb financial move. Logically thinking. And I'm heading, in fact, there's days when I leave here on Sunday morning after service and 
I'll skip lunch, and I'm heading over to Glenwood to make a hospital visit. And I get almost to Thomas Road, and I'm like, man, I could eat that. I think I'm going to Chick-fil-A, and then about the time I take the exit, it hits me. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. I've got to go to Raising Cane's instead. But see, they made a decision in the beginning. And that decision, it was based on principle. It wasn't based on opportunity. It was not based on what they feel in that particular situation or, 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 or some, some, some way they were going to profit more. It was simply based on a principle. They believed that if they would give their employees Sunday off, that in doing so they were honoring the Lord and that the Lord would bless their business. And guess what? That's exactly what he's done. And they founded their business on this principle, not the feeling, but the principle. They were basing it on feeling. They wouldn't have gone that direction because everything in our feelings would say, don't do that. But the principle said, this is what we're going to do. So here's the facts. These are 2017 facts, actual facts. Chick-fil-A earns more per store. Chick-fil-A earns more per store than any other restaurant by far. By far. Chick-fil-A per restaurant earned $4 million in 2000. Per restaurant. By contrast, the number two restaurant, McDonald's, earned $2.6 million. $4 million, $2.6 million, number two. And this is taking a day off a week. I don't know how they wrestled with this. I don't know if there were conversations and there was debate around a conference table or a board table, but, but I think it's safe for us to assume that somewhere in their leadership, somewhere in that corporation, there have been days and there have been people who had thoughts and they, and they, they had feelings and their feelings said, man, look at all the money we're leaving on the table. There's tons of money that we're missing out on, missing out on by simply taking that one day off. I can only imagine that there have been feelings that have tried to sidetrack them from the principle that was, that they began that corporation with. And I'm just wanting to remind all of us today that if you go to Thomas Road, you can go at three o'clock in the afternoon when nobody eats and the line is wrapped around and you can't even get in there. Much less lunchtime or dinner time, or supper, whatever you like to say. I'm just wanting to say to all of us today that that's the nature of our feelings. And none of us who are Bible-believing, Christ followers, want to ever let our feelings take us away from the principles of faith that we're embracing in our own lives. I'm coming to a close here. I already mentioned tithing earlier, but I'm just going to give a personal testimony of that. I mean, we're not receiving an offering today. We're not asking anybody to sign a dotted line. I'm just saying this from experience. I was raised to understand and know what tithing meant and what it was all about and, and doing that and implementing. But then there came a time in my life when I was on my own. <laughs> I was drawing my own paycheck. And, and uh, I'll just be honest with you. I saw my needs. My feelings told me I could use this better somewhere else. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, 44 years later, 44 years of age and living a whole bunch of life now, making not a whole bunch of money. My money has always gone so much further on the 90% than it ever has on the 100%. But I'll be honest, if I, if I based my life and live my life and manage my finances based on feelings, I'd be living on the 100%. 
But I've decided I'm, gonna, I'm not going to live by that principle. There's a principle I'm going to live by, and that's honoring God first and trusting God first. And so as a result, I live on 90%, but that 90% just goes above and beyond. It just keeps exploding and just blowing. And then money just comes from nowhere. Like, what, how did that happen? It's not just money. It's every other part of our lives. Well, our feelings explain it. Our feelings will try to talk us out of what God has planned for our lives. We can't always control our feelings, but we can decide our actions. When the alarm goes off in the morning, we can't control the fact that we don't want to crawl out of bed, but we have to decide to get up and move and do what we're supposed to do. I'm not here to condemn anyone for their feelings. We can't control our feelings, but we can decide our actions. We need to just go ahead and make a decision to mount up with strength and confidence even now. Ecclesiastes records this, keeping with these agricultural references in Scripture today. Ecclesiastes 11.4, it says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. What he's saying is, is the one who lives his life this way, who just lets the surrounding circumstances dictate whether or not he's going to do what he's supposed to do, they're not going to reap anything. He's not going to have the harvest that he really wants to have in his life. And then he commands, two verses later in verse 6, he says, In the morning sow your seed. In the morning, get after it. Get up and go and do what you're supposed to do. Get beyond the feelings. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. In other words, your feelings are going to say, it's not going to do any good. Just sleep a little longer. And pretty soon, life has deteriorated. I just want to encourage all of us today with the fact that we have the ability. God has given us the ability to decide our actions. The writer said, don't withhold your hand. Just get out there. Just get out there and do it. Just get out there and and make the move and do what you know is in your heart to do. You don't know what encounters you're going to have today. You don't know what conversations are going to come your way. And three weeks down the road, when we're looking back, when we're looking back, uh, we'll see that we won't know exactly which decision it was. We'll just know that it was a, it was a, 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 all of the decisions put together that we made one after the other, despite our feelings. And all of a sudden we're walking in and living in the blessed life and we're living a full life, full of joy and full of peace and full of favor. And it was all because of not listening to our feelings. And obeying the Lord in the direction that he has for our lives and making the decision. And not all feelings, not all feelings are our friends. There's a five second rule. It's called a five second rule. This is not the rule where if you drop your food on the floor. No. The five second rule says that It's the rule where we have the opportunity within the first five seconds to act instead of hesitating. Within five seconds, we have the opportunity to take action. But if we hesitate and we give our feelings chance, they will take us out of something that we decided to do. And there's science behind this. And the science says that our brains are wired to assume, literally, that we are in danger if we hesitate. So the science is, when one just hesitates out of feeling, everything within them all of a sudden goes on this rally cry, and now they are more unlikely to act when they get past the five-second window. That's the reason why a car salesman never wants you to leave the lot. Because if you ever get off that lot, your feelings will start talking to you. Oh my God, what was I about to do? And they never go back. Because there's all these internal buttons 
being pushed inside the brain saying, no, no, wait, stop, don't go, wait. And it builds up this barrier between us and what we had intended to do and what we had planned to do and that person that we had in mind that we wanted to be and that God was ultimately with his help was calling us and we were aspiring to be. And then we are hesitant and then we start feeling defeated. So the idea behind the five-second rule for all of us today is to outsmart our brain by acting instead of hesitating. Acting instead of hesitating. We walk by faith. We don't walk by feeling. Don't pause. Don't hesitate. Go toward the thing you have decided full in your heart to do. And that's how great futures are lived out. And that's how we experience the fullness of God. That's how we experience the blessed life. That's how you do great things in our lives. All I'm wanting to do today is just encourage all of us. I don't want anybody in this room to feel ashamed. I want you to feel shame. Say shame off you, not shame on you. Shame off you if you followed your feelings. But today we're making a decision. We're drawing a line in the sand. It says I'm not, my, my, my feelings are not my friend. And what my feelings are trying to tell me to do, I'm not going to do. My feelings are just telling me something's going on. But now I got to lean on the Lord. Now I got to lean on what I know is right. I'm just encouraging all of us to take an opposition to the feelings and understand that our feelings are not us. Your feeling is not you. You are not your feelings. I just want to remind us all today again that many great people in this world have experienced feelings. They've had to overcome feelings. The greatest person that ever walked the planet of the earth, Jesus Christ himself, he had to battle feelings. If you don't believe me, read it. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that we don't have a high priest that wasn't touched with the feelings of infirmities like we all are. He, he, he was tempted in every way, yet without sin. He's the only one who every single time implemented the five-second rule. Every single time. Perfect. Not always implemented the five-second rule. You have not always done it. But Jesus did it every time. He was perfect. In the garden of Gethsemane, getting ready to usher him away to his ultimate crucifixion. And in that garden, he prays a prayer. And he said, Lord, if it is possible. Here's the, here's the feelings of Jesus, this, this man who was fully man and fully God. He, he, that, that man part of him, that emotional man part of him that, that we all experience and know, he was saying, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass. My feelings are telling me, I don't want to do this. Everything in my emotions is telling me, I don't want to walk this road. So if it's possible, could you please let this cup pass? Here's the five-second rule, nevertheless. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Within five seconds, nevertheless. My feelings are saying, I don't want to go here. I don't want to do this. It's too hard. But something inside rises up and says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Matthew and Mark record Jesus' final moments on the cross. And we see another picture of these feelings that Jesus has. As he's hanging suspended on the cross and he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of long forsaken. Jesus felt that feeling of emptiness, of loneliness, that feeling like all the world and even God had abandoned him. The same feeling that you and I have felt. I told you he experienced everything that we felt. 
yet without sin. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do I feel so all alone? My feelings are saying that, that, that there's no hope here. What was all this for? And then in both Mark and Matthew, they both record that immediately after that he breathes his last. But, but Luke will record that just before he breathes his last. So I'm thinking somewhere between the time that he cried out his feelings. and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The next words out of his mouth, according to Luke, was this. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I'll make the decision. I'll go there. Even to the point of death. Because I know what it's going to bring. I know what it's going to do. I know that there's going to be several hundred people sitting in a house in Winsboro, Louisiana in the month of March in 2019. And they're going to need to know that there's a God who loved them and loved them so much that he saw beyond his feelings and he went even to the point of death to give his life and shed his blood so that they can be covered, so that they can find salvation, so that they can find peace and healing and grace in their lives. So I'll go, I'll do what I need to do because I know what it's going to accomplish. I'm not going to follow my feelings. So all great people have experienced feelings. We've all experienced feelings. But feelings are not our friend. We don't listen to the counsel of feelings. If it's divine, if it's, if it's divine uh, direction and guidance, great, yes. If it's innate intelligence that God, yes, common sense, great, yes. But if it's feelings, okay, you let me know something was going on. I'm going to shelf that. Now I'm going to seek the Lord. Now I'm going to make the right choice. I'm, gonna make, I'm not going to make the choice based on my feelings. I'm making the choice based on faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Would you stand with me today? Father, we thank you today, God, for your word. I'm thankful, Lord, for your faithfulness in our lives. You are ever-present all of the time, and you are with us. Today, God, my prayer, as we leave out of this house in a moment, my prayer today, God, is that as feelings come, as our emotions scream out to us at times, tells us you need to do this, you ought to do this, you ought to react this way, that in that moment, Lord God, we'll acknowledge and recognize that we don't live by feeling. That we'll draw the line in the sand, God. Give us the strength, God. Give us the, give us the turd body and the wheel today, God, to stand up to our feelings and declare your word by faith over every part of our lives and our future. When our feelings tell us that, that the world is going to hell in a handbasket, that our children won't have a future. God, I pray that you will give us the strength and the will and the tenacity to rise above those feelings and declare and speak faith over our children and over our future and all that God wants to do in and through our lives and our family and our home. When everything in my emotions and my feelings tells me to, to jump ship and leave my marriage and walk away from my family and, and pursue my own thing, Lord, give us the will and the strength and the tenacity to be the mighty men and women of God that you know that we are, God, to stand up and say by faith, we will win. We will be victorious. Things will turn around. We will find healing and wholeness. Restoration will come. We live by faith and not by feeling. Bless this congregation today, I pray, Lord God, and give us a fresh infusion of the faith of God in our lives to rise up, to rise up beyond the opposition, to rise up against the voice of feelings and to declare your word, your word and your truth over every part of our lives. And we give you thanks for today. In 
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If that was your prayer today, would you just give the Lord a great ovation of praise? Amen. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's 12 o'clock. We're going to take 12 o'clock. But here's what I want to do. If you need to slip out, I understand. Slip on out. But we're going to take about another three or four minutes. And we're just going to worship for a moment. And if you need to leave, you're, nobody's going to condemn you. Slip on out. But we're just going to take a moment before we leave and just worship God and declare faith over our lives today. In Jesus' name.
thankful for the Lord today? Are you thankful for His faithfulness in our lives, His grace and His goodness? God bless you today. I pray you go in His peace, go in His grace, go in His love. Experience His joy this week in Jesus' name. Amen.